So if a customer's coming from, call it TikTok, and they have no idea what the, what the brand is, your page is not going to focus on trying to you know sell them a product right away. You want them to understand the punchline of your brand and what you plan to do. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show an amazing guest, Nick Sharma. Nick is up to quite a bit of things in the e-commerce space. Uh, I guess I'll kind of let Nick introduce himself. So if I've been living under a rock and I haven't heard of you, where might I have seen you on the internet? Let's see. Probably Twitter, LinkedIn, or in your inbox. Um, Those are probably the three places I hang out most. (laughs) I love that answer. I love that answer. Um, so give me the quick timeline of your kind of uh, experience in the e-commerce space. And, and then, you know, what are you up to these days? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the quick timeline is I started working in the world of social media. I transitioned to the world of ad tech, learned a bunch there. Then I moved over to a brand and learned all things e-commerce. And then today I run a couple different service businesses, mostly focused on e-commerce brands that are scaling and looking to grow by way of digital customer acquisition. Awesome. Awesome. And so uh, these days you're doing a lot of stuff in the landing page space. Uh, it's definitely a, a popular concept, right? Uh, it's something that everyone's talking about on Twitter. And yeah. the day that we're recording this, Threads just came out yesterday. And I'm sure people are talking about it on there. Um, for an e-commerce brand that isn't necessarily familiar, like why do I need a landing page? What's the difference between my product page? Can I just do, use my homepage? You know, what are some of those easy questions to answer? Yeah, I mean, look, a landing page is just a more optimized sales page, right? It's like your hinge profile, that's a landing page. Your menu at a restaurant, that's a landing page. Um, you know, your e-commerce page that you're driving traffic to, that's not a homepage collections or product page. That's a landing page. The entire idea of a landing page is how do you condense the education required in order to make an informed decision of whether or not this product that's presented here is the right fit for you. And the focus of a landing page is to really answer the questions of what is the product? You know, how is it going to benefit me? Why does this exist? Why is this the right product on the market for me? And how soon will I get it if I place an order? And you know that is what a landing page focus on, focuses on. It's everything leading up to that purchase. Whereas a product page is entirely focused on you know the buy box. As soon as you get to the page, it's the product image, the price, the title, and the buy box. There's no education <clears throat> as to what is this product or how is it going to benefit me or you know how does this compare to competitors on the market or uh, you know, does this even under, does this even, does the PDP even help the customer understand what the problem is that they're solving? And then if they understand the problem, do they know why this is the right brand to do it? Or maybe they know this brand, but they don't understand the problem. And so landing pages sort of take all of those questions out and really focus on helping people understand kind of the main basics that people want to know. The the problem is that otherwise people are, they see the product, they're like, okay, maybe they're a little bit intrigued, 
then they leave your site. They go to Google, they start doing their research. You know, anytime you add clicks or you make it easy for somebody to leave the site, you're giving opportunity to somebody else to go ahead and steal that person away. And so with the landing page, the idea is, you know, you roll out this red carpet, uh, you are the assistant on the red carpet. Kim Kardashian is your customer walking the carpet and you better have everything this person needs to know as they're walking the red carpet. Uh, so that they can then make an informed decision. Absolutely. Now, I guess I kind of want to play devil's advocate here. And it's why do brands not build a landing page for every product in their catalog? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, uh, you know, for brands that have smaller catalogs, I think that's prob- probably very possible. Um, for brands that have massive catalogs, you could probably programmatically do that. Like, you know, you build a template and then all of a sudden you can duplicate that template across, you know, a thousand products. But really the point of a landing page, you know, it kind of depends like what you're using the page for. Are you using the page to, like, it really depends on the stage of the customer and the source of the traffic. So if a customer's coming from, call it TikTok and they have no idea what the, what the brand is, your page is not going to focus on trying to, you know, sell them a product right away. You want them to understand the punchline of your brand and what you plan to do and ideally collect some sort of first party information to get back to them later. If you're running a more lower funnel page that's coming from Instagram or Google, then you're probably more focused on selling the product and, you know, less on educating them about the problem that you're going to solve with it. And so I think, um, you know, you absolutely can do that. There's a lot of apparel brands we'll work with where we will have basically, you know, we'll be focused on the, um, you know, the punchline of the brand. And then we'll even add, you know, here are all the collections you can shop. And, and then when somebody clicks through to a collection, the conversion rate is now quadruple of what it would be if that person came through and, you know, just went to a regular collections page without understanding the brand. And so there's a few different ways to do it. Like, depending on, it really depends on the source of the traffic and where in the funnel that traffic is coming from, you know, and I kind of hate the word funnel because I don't think it really exists, but you know, are they somebody who knows, it's basically two things. Do they understand the problem that's getting solved? And do they understand why this brand exists? And it's like, it's a matrix of four, four squares. If they understand the problem, they don't understand the brand. That's one page. If they understand the brand, but don't understand the problem, that's another page. If they understand both, that's you know your most lower funnel page. And if they understand neither, that's your most upper funnel page. Absolutely. Now, you kind of buried something in there that I need to call out. And it's almost yeah. the, the main benefit of landing pages is a higher conversion rate. Let's dive into that a bit more. Like, What facts do you have to back that up? Why, are, why just from a theoretical standpoint, would it always have a higher conversion rate? I mean, you know, the like, okay, so the, the, if we, if we were to zoom out and take out the triple whales and the North beams and the GAs of the world, right? The realistic, uh, sort, uh, path of somebody buying a product is like they see an ad, they click on the ad, they go to a product page, they scroll the product page, they go to the about us page, they leave, they get an email, they see, they're reminded that they came to this site, they click the email. They go to the site, then they go to Google and they search Caraway Home Reviews. Then they go to some publisher sites, they read through these pieces, then they come back to the site, and then they leave. And then they see another ad and then they click it and then they come back and then they finally buy, you know, buy the product. And in all that time, they're basically just like, they just have unanswered questions. And with a landing page, the entire idea is just how do you constantly answer these questions 
over and over again, kind of hammer these answers into their head so that you have the best possible shot of converting people as soon as possible. Now, if you're selling something that's like a $500 cookware set, the chances of somebody seeing it for the first time and buying right away are probably low, but they're much higher than if you just send them to a product page and then they have to go scour their own answers versus if you give them the answers, you can understand the objections that you get in your customer service inbox, your Instagram DMs, your ad comments, and you can you can counter those objections. Um, you know, it's it's this entire concept of like you set yourself up for the best possible at bat. So the same way that when a baseball player goes up to home plate, you know, if they had you know their feet completely wide, like they're not setting themselves up to hit the ball well. If their shoulder is turned out, you know, behind them too much, they're not setting themselves up well. And so all of these things. Uh, and again, landing pages is just one piece of this puzzle, right? Just having a good landing page is not going to make your business work overnight. But when you have good creative, you have good copy, you have a good angle for people to buy this product and you have a good landing page, I call this this concept of setting yourself up for the best possible at bat. And again, you're not always going to hit home runs. You might hit some base hits, but you give yourself the opportunity to hit those home runs when you can. Absolutely. And obviously, this only works if you have a good product that people want to buy as well. Yeah, of course. So with these landing pages, you talked a bit about the types of answers that you want to be presenting to a potential customer's question. And so, you know, to me, it sounds like these are mostly a, a long form pages. There's quite a bit more information here than you're going to find on a typical uh, e-commerce page on a, a standard store. Uh, what are some of kind of the nuts and bolts as you would have like the information that we want to put on these pages that is usually above and beyond what you'd find on a typical product page? Uh, great question. I think the first one is an angle. So like if you look at a lot of the companies that have grown quickly over, you know, I, I like to see look at the companies that grew after this massive venture boom that happened in e-commerce. So obviously there's the companies that grew during the venture boom, but they grew, you know, because they were just burning a bunch of money lighting money on fire and you know for every $200 they spent they made $10 back uh they spent enough of those $200 to get enough customers uh but you know those businesses are all upside down today if you look at the companies that started after that the jolies of the world the canopies you know these companies that raised a couple million bucks and then scaled up quickly all of them focused on one thing, which is like they found one messaging angle that worked really well for the product they're selling. And that's all they focused on uh, to hit their you know, five or $10 million sales mark. I think that is the, the biggest key ingredient that people miss, even in landing pages that they make. And they have all the right sections. They have all the social proof, the UGC, the videos, the unboxings. You know, Where is the product from? How is it made? How do you use it? The best deals and offers. If you don't have the angle, there's no way you're going to sell. And a great example is, you know, uh, there's this brand called Lundberg. They make these amazing rice cakes, but like the average person is not going to look at rice cakes and be like, you know, this is something I got to buy. But if it was, you know, th this is a great pre-workout snack, or this is the best after-school snack that mom approves, or, you know, this is a five minute, uh, you know, post-workout, like uh, get yourself full and not over full. Like you got to have some angle that gets you in with these people. It's almost like, you know, there's a big line outside and you got to open the side door and be like, Hey, come here. I got, I got the side door for you. This is the angle in, um, that I think is like number one. If, if you don't have the angle, you can make a terrible landing page work with a great angle. 
Um, and that too, I think you can test with, you know, understanding click-through rate on the ads you're running, or if you have a good amount of traffic, you can even just, you know, put it up and see what works. But after that, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, I like to look at sections as push and pull sections. Pull sections are you're saying, hey, click here, there's a CTA, get closer to buying this product. Push sections are, let me teach you more. Let me tell you why this is a great product. Let me tell you how your life is going to get better as a result of using this product. And so I think you need an equal balance of push and pull. Pull sections can be, you know, your shop section. It can be a random section with a CTA in it. Your push sections are, you know, uh, why does this product exist? A comparison chart. How does this compare to others on the market? What do customers say about it? You know, what does the unboxing look like? What is the, um, uh, what are the immediate benefits of this product? And it's just giving more reasons that you want to buy. Whereas again, the pull sections are trying to get you to get to the next step of that journey. And the reason you want a good balance of the two is because I mentioned like the whole funnel thing is kind of thrown out in the garbage because of the way that uh, advertising tracking has um, evolved. You don't know nowadays if the person who comes to your site knows everything about your brand or knows nothing about your brand. And so as a result, having the balance of push and pull, you give all of the information for somebody to learn, but you also have the opportunity for somebody to go ahead and make a decision right away if they feel ready. Absolutely. And that's something I kind of want to highlight there is you're saying that these pages have multiple call to actions to push people to the next step in the purchase, which is basically add to cart almost, maybe even to get to the cart page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, I think also, I think the other thing too is like, depending on what you're trying to sell, I think it's less about like add to cart. It's more of like, what is that conversion event? So, you know, if you're selling to, if you're selling, uh, if your landing page is pushing the fact that you're available in Petco or PetSmart or Chewy, then that conversion event might just be the button that chooses which site you go to. But it's like you're now able to feed that button click back to Facebook as a conversion event and say, hey, find me people who look like people who are going to click this button. Or it might be that add to cart. It might be that checkout as well. But having some sort of a conversion event is almost like the bare minimum in today's environment where these platforms are already barely getting information. You know, the best thing you can do is um is you know feed feed more signals back and that's where i think the conversion event comes in handy yeah i think that whoever named uh conversion rate optimization just did the whole world a disservice by that because everyone just instantly thinks about uh conversion being a sale um so i guess right. can you quickly explain a little bit more about what a conversion event is and it's not necessarily a sale it's just them doing the action you want them to maybe yeah so so all of the ad platforms, for the people who are listening and have set up ads, they'll know this. When you're, when you're creating your campaign, you're usually setting up an objective, right? There's different objectives. There's awareness, there's reach, there's uh, clicks, website clicks, there's landing page views, and then there's conversions. When you're running anything, pretty much anything except conversions, uh, you know, all the ad platforms um, are basically just going to give you traffic that is like, you know, garbage traffic. They weren't going to buy anyways. So they're not going to, you know, Facebook and TikTok, they're reserving the conversion event objectives for to show to people who are likely to do those things because then as a brand, you're going to keep spending and, you know, playing that game. If you're just running reach and frequency or website traffic, 
you know, good luck getting these people to do anything else except getting to your site and bouncing. So what you want to do is, you know, even if you're running like, uh, let's say you're running a pre-launch campaign, all you're doing is you have a landing page where you're collecting email or, you know, even the example with retail, you have a landing page, you have different buttons that go out to different retailers. By setting a conversion event, you are then saying, hey, Facebook, you're going to optimize toward a conversion goal that I'm going to set up on my page. And you know you could use the uh, the Facebook Pixel Helper tool in Ads Manager, where you literally just click the button that you want to set as your objective, and you can say, consider this, you know, the goal. So my goal is for you to input somebody to input their email and click submit. So when somebody clicks submit, that's a conversion, and that's what I want. And so now you're telling Facebook, all right, when you send traffic to my pre-launch page, I don't just want website clicks traffic because that is traffic that's just going to get to my site and you know and then in Facebook size it's like all right they've done their job we don't care if they leave after as long as they click through we're doing a good job with our campaign what you want is you want a campaign set up where it's still a, a conversion campaign but now it's just that you change the goal so instead of a traditional purchase or add to cart you change the goal to be i want people to click that button and when people click that button that means that they've put their email in or you know they're going to the Petco store locator. Absolutely, Nick. I'm so far. This episode has been just knowledge from minute one, and I'm so excited. Let's pivot a little bit <laughs> and let's pretend that we're consulting for a million dollar brand. They're looking to five, ten x over the next couple of years, and we're going to build out some landing pages for them. Right now, this brand's got you know dozen or so products, but they've got you know 80-20 rule with most brands you consult with. There's one flagship product. There's one flagship offer. So we're going to focus on that. What do you do? What's, what's your thought process? How are you going to tackle something like this? Yeah. So I tend to look at... Uh, first, I look at you know what is the what am I selling here? Is this something that is well understood? Am I selling a moisturizer? You know, Everybody knows what a moisturizer does. Or am I selling a you know a, a new way to build you know the new generation of an IKEA table that you know it like it folds up easily it's easy to assemble and so right away you're already understanding okay what is first of all what is the AOV of this product because there's there's just a certain threshold where under this number you know call it under seventy five bucks people will buy right away over seventy five you're going to need to you know there might be a two or three touch purchase if it's under then I'd focus on what I call like a hero product page. This is where you create, you merchandise some sort of offer. Merchandising, have you seen The Office? I have. Do you remember that episode where they do the garage sale and um, what's his name? Dwight has his table. He, he's like, you put the best beats in the front and the ugly beats in the back. You know, that is basically, that is merchandising. Merchandising is a word that all the fancy people use. That's all it is. You put the best beats in the front, you make them look good. You know, they smell nice, they look nice, they have a good price with them, and the worst ones stay in the back. And so you want to find what that is for you. So merchandising is your product assortment, your price, and your offer. Um, so let's say I'm selling a moisturizer. Maybe it's like, you know, one moisturizer. Uh, you know, if you're online, if your site is running a 15 or 10% off uh, coupon when you put your email in, you know, bring that discount over to the landing page. You don't even have to show the email thing. Uh, just add that 15% discount. So instead of, you know, um, instead of, you know, $50, it's now, what is that? 42.70 or 42.50, something like that. Um, and now it's like, all right, right away, somebody's getting a good deal. You know, if they buy two, maybe they get 25% off. 
so that, that becomes your offer. And then the rest of the page, the 80% of the page is just filled with information. And all you have to do in every section is you just go section by section. You answer, what is the product? Why does it exist? Who is it for? How's it going to benefit me? How does it compare? And when does it ship if I order it today? Um, that's how I think about low AOV products. If you have multiple low AOV products, if I'm a skincare brand, I might make it more fun. I might say, hey, uh, these are our 15 products. Build your own bundle. For every six products you buy, you'll get another 20% off. Um, and so, you know, now you're creating an incentive for people to say, you know, I've got four in my cart. I might as well add two more and get another 20% off. Um, but it's all about like, uh, it's all about how do you make it easy for them to understand what's happening and what's being sold and then easy for them to understand the offer. Whenever you get too complex with the offers, that's when pages start to tank. You really have to, first of all, you have to always think that you are, you are taking somebody's time out of their day that they could be doing anything else. And if you waste a second of their time, you will easily lose that customer. So I think that's how I think about the lower stuff. The, the stuff that's like higher AOV, harder to sell, requires more education. You want to somehow build a, you know, it's like you go, it's like you're trying to raise money. You're not going to get the money on the first handshake when you meet somebody, right? You're going to shake their hand. You're going to uh, build that relationship, show some credibility, and then you're going to follow up. So same way here, you know, you might run a listicle, you might run something like a click-through style page, which could be pretty much the same thing as this hero product page minus the shop section, where instead of the shop section, you just click through to whatever that product page is that you're trying to push or collections page so they can then choose. But you're just trying to educate and you're just trying to give them information. You're just trying to show, hey, we're legit, we're real. This is how we work. We're kind of new, we're kind of expensive, but here's why. And ideally you get their phone number or their email and you can start following up after. Um, this is also where I think email, you know, email is always talked about as a retention marketing uh, tactic. I think in, the, in most brands, you know, if you're doing over 25 million a year, for sure, email is all retention. If you're doing under 20 million a year, your email is an acquisition tool and you got to get really aggressive with it. You got to understand how to match the angles that people are coming in with, with the subject lines and the content they see on their first email. You got to make sure that you stay consistent from the ad to the page, to the emails that they get. And, um, and yeah, I guess I started ranting, but. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's, I can tell you're passionate about this. It's just my brain. Yeah. I, I agree with you so wholeheartedly about the email channel being an acquisition thing. And it's something I find myself saying a lot Yeah. Uh, when I'm talking about people building out like prospecting campaigns and like bringing in net new customers is I'm like, just get their email and let Clavio do the heavy lifting for you or whatever your email automation tool is. It's just like a lot of people... Yeah. They're going for the kill, right? They're going for that sale that they want that direct response, you know, that immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. But... You're not going to get that every time. And if you could get their email, you're going to see a lot more funds coming through on the tail end of that advertising campaign if you just let those automation softwares do your work for you. And then with what you're doing with these landing pages, you've already got all that content already written. Just parse it out into yeah. some more digestible emails or even text messages if you want to go that route. Yeah, I'll tell you that the easiest trick that I think anybody can do is uh, you know go through your customer reviews, make a tally. So let's take um, let's take a cookware brand for example. Let's say you go to the cookware brands reviews. Just start making a, t a list of things that people mention. Nice design, one one tally. Oh, easy to store, another tally. Non-stick, non-toxic, another tally. 
by the end of going through, you know, as many reviews as you can, uh, you'll have basically, you know, you might have 45 different reasons people like the product. Just take the top 10 with the most tallies, turn that into a, a 10 reasons why, or a five, take the top five, make that a five reasons why. That is literally your customers telling you exactly what they love. And you just put that into a listicle, run your ad traffic there, and I guarantee you conversion rate will go up automatically. Oh, I, I love that. Um, I do have a follow-up email about talking about higher AOV items. And you said that you know, you're know you not going to get on the first sale and it's, it's probably going to be a few more touches. Are you ever building out landing pages for uh, you know products that have more consideration behind them where you never really go in for the the sale on the first one? It's high, It's mostly just education. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll use uh, you know, what we would call this the more like upper funnel page up front. And then when you follow up on email and text, um, you focus on, you know, think of it as like a very LP style product page. So that means that you still have your shop section up top, but you add a headline. So there's still that angle that's referenced and recognized as you come in. Immediately you hit them with the shop section. Everything below that is reasons to buy, you know, countering objections, explaining why this is the right decision. Um, so it's almost like you literally take that hero style landing page we talked about and you just move it to where you put the product buy section or the shop section at the very top. And then the rest of the page is just focused on educating. Okay. So uh, if I'm hearing this cor correctly, you know, it's like might as well go for the sale at the top, but then just underneath go after their fears, their uncertainties and their doubts yeah. about buying from you and about trusting your brand and just start to knock those out and be like, nope, this, that, the other, these are the reasons. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Now let's talk a little bit just about the technology because let's be real. There's a lot of nerds listening to this. Yeah. How are you building these things? You know, Can I do it just on my platform? Do I need to use third-party software? You know, What should I be expecting? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really up to personal preference. Uh, you know, If you are... Uh, if you're like me, you have no idea how to code and you want to stay as scrappy and as cheap as possible, I, I want to say Unbounce is the best option. It's all drag and drop. You can quickly use, um, you know, the builder. You can drag things around. You can, once you get a page that's working, you can duplicate it. Two clicks, you know, double click, rewrite the copy, test that again, double click, swap out the image, test that again. Um, I've used Unbounce for probably like six or seven years and, you know, never had an issue with it. Um, and I just think it is, it's the easiest way to get started. Um, if you want to stay on Shopify, you know, you could use something like Replo, which is obviously another kind of drag and drop builder. It is on Shopify this time. I think it's slightly more expensive than Unbounce, but it's also a great tool. The other benefit is you're using your same domain. So you don't have issues with cross, cross domain tracking. And then the last option, which I think I recommend for anybody who is, you know, if you're, if you're spending more than probably $100,000 a month on advertising, this is the only way you should do it, which is you should design your, your files in Figma, use a developer to develop these pages in Shopify. You know, don't use the third party apps, don't use the, the subdomain, just focus on developing this directly in Shopify. It's a little bit more expensive, but your page load time is faster. You know, your tracking is better. You don't have issue. You know, you'll never run into a problem of, oh, what if the app for some random reason is broken or another store breaks the servers of that app? Um, and so I think ultimately the goal should be 
you know, developing all these things in your own Shopify instance. But, uh, you know, like till today, I, I, I will still spin things up and unbounce. That's a fantastic answer. And I agree with you kind of on all those parts. I'm definitely... I favor doing things within Shopify natively, but there are reasons to do everything. And there is no right answer to, to some of these questions. Um, now, if I'm listening to this and I'm picking up what you're putting down, we kind of didn't really tell people as much to what you're doing these days and why you have such a depth of knowledge about landing pages. Do you want to let people know <laughs> what you're doing and how to kind of like <laughs> get a hold of you if this is something that is interesting to them? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, Sharma Brands is a company I started about four years ago. And one of the things that we, I mean, I've been doing this longer before than we started this, but one of the things I've always seen is just the easiest lever to pull is landing pages, right? Like if you can get, um, you know, most landing, good landing pages will convert anywhere from five to 9%. And if you can go from a one or one to two to a five to nine, you've immediately changed the course of the business. And so, um, so landing page is something we do for all Sharma brands clients. It's almost like the first thing we do is we pitch, you know, not only good creative ideas, but also good landing page ideas with the angles. We got so much demand for just one off pages. Uh, you know, hey, I'm launching a campaign on TV. I need a landing page that addresses somebody coming from their phone, sitting on a couch, watching a TV ad, or I'm launching on TikTok and I need, I need a landing page that works for traffic that doesn't give a shit about me, or I'm launching on Google and I'm going after a competitor. I need a landing page that helps people understand why they shouldn't buy the competitor that they're searching for, but instead translates them to want to buy from me. And so uh, we just ended up spinning up hooks, which is, uh, you know, hooks, the name is the idea is like you're testing different hooks and angles with landing pages. Uh, and hooks is basically like, uh, you know, within 30 days, start to finish, you can, you know, we'll present a strategy to you, what we think your landing page should be. We'll do all of the copywriting, the wireframing, design, development, QA it. And within 30 days, you get a live URL. And then, you know, you can start running traffic. Our engagement ends there, which is what most people prefer because then they can say, all right, now I've got a template. And now I can duplicate this 17 different ways, swap out the product or swap out the images, swap out the copy and keep testing it. The hardest part that most brands have is they just don't have the resources to make that first one. Uh, or if they do, it's like, you know, the other problem is they're drinking their own Kool-Aid. So what they think the brand should be selling or the way the brand should be positioned is not really how the general public public perceives it. And so one thing that we do is we spend about five to six hours on this document called a red carpet document. And with that red carpet document, what we do is we basically go through from an outsider's perspective, uh, you know, doing full like market research, competitive research. We look at your ads, we look at your Facebook ads, et cetera. And um, we, we basically form an opinion of what we think your best strategy could be based on the goal you want to hit. That's fantastic. Now, uh, what is the URL? H-O-O-X.co, hooks.co. Yeah, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes so people can get there if they want. Uh, Nick, I, I'm going to have to have you back on in a couple months. We barely scratched the surface here. We did no conversation around A-B testing. Yeah. I know that we're going to have some uh, blast doing these. Uh, is there anything I didn't ask you about today, though, that you want to leave our audience with? No, I think that's uh, that was a good little bit on Landers. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. 
You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.